people will forgive you for being vulnerable and people will accept and tolerate you for being vulnerable. There's a huge barrier there or there's a huge fear that we blanket over these benefits because we feel that by being vulnerable, we become weak. And I think that's a very societal thing. Exposed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I would rather not look at it as I am exposed to the public because there's a negative connotation to that. I would rather say that I'm open to those around me so that they know that there's nothing else to expect and that this is who I am right now. Hello guys, it's Aisa here. This week you'll see me fangirling over Norman Chella, Malaysia's number one podcasting guru. So this episode is all about finding your voice and the courage to speak through the medium of podcasting. Hear how Norm's journey and voice evolves as he travels between countries and writes his experiences and how he develops different personas through the production of his many different podcast shows. With lots of introspection, self-confidence and even a few funny impressions along the way, Norm explains the power of conversations, connecting with people, and looking inward to find your own personal metric of success. If you're a fan of podcasting, this is not an episode to be missed. So let's get to it. Welcome to Seek to Speak's podcast, a podcast which aims to empower expressions, spark speeches, and instigate ideas. Today, we have a super great guest, Norman Chella, a podcast host and rainmaker and basically the gold standard when it comes to the podcasting industry in Asia. His conversation with Kevin of Renegade Radio for Podcast Sessions Malaysia is actually the reason why I started podcasting in the first place. I was so, so inspired and driven by the conversation and I hope that this episode also empowers more people or someone out there to also start their speaking journey. Thank you so, so much, Norm, for agreeing to do this. Yeah, no, pleasure to be here. And I'm excited for what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so you are quite the colorful and unconventional person because of your background. You know, you were the head of marketing at a Japanese fintech company before striking out on your own through your That's the Norm Media very own content creation outfit specializing in podcasting and you produce a lot of super amazing high quality podcast shows like pot lovers asia anti-fool tempered fable this is norm it's under the sun it goes on so can you tell me a little bit of how you became passionate in podcasting and why did verbal audio or verbal media in particular quite literally speaks to you Oh, okay. That's an interesting way of going about it. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I'll answer the first part. So um, I didn't know anything about podcasting until 2017. And actually, I knew about it beforehand, but I thought it was just like a YouTube show. Like, you know, you, you're scouring on YouTube and you're like, oh, it's a group of people talking and it's a podcast. I'm like, okay, that's what a podcast is. So it's just like a YouTube video show thing. And go back to 2017. And like you mentioned, I was head of marketing at a Japanese fintech company. And in the middle of that, I was in the middle of trying to find out more, shall we say, ways to express myself creatively. And one of those was writing fiction. So I wrote a lot of fiction and short stories and prose uh, in many different places online. Uh, Most of them are on Quora. So I got quite a following there. 
and um, I became known as the person who would write tales for answers, hence why I would write a lot of fiction from there. Uh, and there was this one competition online. It was just like, a, you know, you submit a story and then you get paid or something like that. It was pretty simple. And I was like, okay, this is a really good way to challenge myself. So I thought, why not? I wrote a story and I had it ready and I did not submit it in. I was writing a lot for myself for all those times. But when it came to a position where my writing was going to be judged, my writing was going to be ranked against other amazing great writers out there and you know there's even a cash prize and everything i think that was when i was questioning my own ability and my own confidence since this was a very vulnerable part of myself writing these stories out there mm. there's a difference between writing a story on like quora for free purely out of my own willingness to do so than writing for a competition when you're expecting a reward or you will be ranked. Like you will see someone higher, like better than you or someone worse than you, etc. So there's like th that comparison aspect that really yeah, bothered me. There's that distinction, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I didn't, I, I had this story. I was, it was finished. I was like, oh crap. Uh, so I just put it away. Uh, but I remember thinking to myself that if you know those, the situations where you have someone who, who, narrates stories of a children's book and you mm. have these like children huddling over and you can hear the narrator making voices like Hoo -hoo, in a hundred acre wood <laughs> right like christopher robin enters the forest like th those kinds of like moments i yeah, I, I, love I love those so much like those campfire moments and i really mm. wanted to capture that moment through this story there's a limit to how much you can capture that without a voice element and i've always liked voice acting and voices and all of that so i decided to start a podcast and this was further encouraged by a show called Memory Palace, which was basically mm -hmm. the show that propelled me to start my own podcast. And I bought a Blue Yeti, which is, of course, every podcaster's first mistake. Uh, I bought that and I brought it to my office in my in my work because I would go there really early in the morning and no one was there. And I would be doing voices at my at my office from like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in the morning. Uh, to record and I would learn how to like do a podcast and everything and then I launched it and that was the first episode of Temper Fables so the story that I wanted to submit is actually episode one uh, of Temper Fables so your second question was on I believe like why did audio media like appeal to you like why didn't you just release that story on Quora or in another competition or even like as a YouTube video I guess why I mean, yes, you had a love for story, but there must have been something innate about this form of media that really appealed to you. Sure. So if you asked me this question when I launched that show, when I launched that first episode, I would not have an answer for you. But luckily, like we're, we're, in, we're now, present time, I think I've only just found out about this, like the answer to your question only a few months ago maybe like just oh, to start this great. year. I came at the right yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> so we have different mediums in this world, right? Mm. Audio, video, text, um, images. And if you can get a little bit more modern, you have GIFs, you have memes, you have lingo specific to different cultural nuances or you have context specific language, right? Like you wouldn't want to speak Rojak with a British person. They wouldn't know what you're yeah. saying. You know, that, that sort of thing. Um, I've, I've begun to realize that mediums are 
split into different categories. And these categories are foundations of each other. So secondary categories are things like GIFs and videos and audio. But primary categories mm. are the most empirical and most purest form of communicating. And one primary category is conversation. So I picked podcasting because podcasting turns out to be the best way to send conversations all around the world. And I am under the firm belief that conversations move the world. Like there is no society without a two-way conversation between one party and the other. And from that conversation comes the gold within the small little moments where you realize, ah, this is the argument he's trying to do. Or, ah, this is the story that he's trying to say. These are all stories. These are all facts. These are all fiction. These are all nonfiction. But they are all built on top of the foundation of conversation. So to answer your question, I think the wow. reason why I am so obsessed with podcasts is because I can now send conversations globally. Like, oh my god! imagine getting that conversations from the other side of the world. Another podcast from like Kenya or Nigeria, from like this rural village or from maybe some like some longhouse in Sarawak or something like that, you know? Yeah. Like these are pure gold and I'm like a huge advocate for that and that's why I'm in podcasting. Oh my gosh, that is an answer that is three years in the making. <laughs> it's a perfect answer. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. People connect and relate with each other through the conversations that we have with each other. We are social creatures at heart and the way that we communicate is through conversations, video, all of that is secondary. Yeah. It's, And even the way that you describe yourself is you are trying to create content, learn more skills through conversations with other people. So that really shows in your your body of work. Hmm. And in fact, a lot of what you do is speaking to an audience or to a guest. I mean, you love to talk and you do it very well. <laughs> uh, you're extremely articulate and you not only have an amazing voice in a sense of like your tone, your pitch, your pacing is just really nice on the ears, but also a very unique voice in the podcasting scene, meaning that while your shows are all different, you have a strong brand and focus. And all of your shows have a signature Norm Chella quality and style. <laughs> so were you always this confident and articulate with your voice, metaphorically and literally? <laughs> or is this something that you picked up along the way through your learning and your journey? Mm, I think that stems far back even before I started podcasting. Because I grew up in multiple countries and it's not like I'm trying to brag or anything. It's just that with that comes the added responsibility of trying to adapt to different cultural environments. The adaptability, like that part of it, is extremely important whenever I get moving from country to country. Whether it was from here to like Netherlands, from Netherlands to Australia to Japan, and then I come back and even different languages, etc. It was more like a realization. So I would do a lot of self-introspection. With every single country that I move out of, that is a chapter of my life that I close. And from there, I review my life. Like, how was it? How were the friends that I made? Did I live a good life? Was I happy? And I take a fragment of that and I put that in my 
total personality and character. And with that comes a specific kind of voice. So how I'm talking to you right now is probably how I'm talking to people just generally 80-90% of the time. But if I'm talking to my Australian friends, my accent actually changes. Like I, I change accents depending on who I'm talk to, talking to. So I will show a different facet of myself depending on the context I'm in. In the world of podcasting, I realized that a calmer, deeper voice akin to a midnight radio DJ <laughs> and probably yes. closer to like halfway through the throat was really, really useful for, uh, for maybe not only just conversations, but especially narratives. So since my show started off as a narrative, it worked really well because I can't just, you know, I, I can't just come in with a really high burst of energy talking about a fictionist, like a fictional short story. I can't just go like, <laughs> hey guys, Norman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what up? Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I have to start off immediately like, hello, welcome, right? Welcome to the show. This is, no yeah, I, something like that. And I remember I, I took a course actually on Udemy on voice acting and narration. And they talked about the 10 levels of voice. And most of the time for narrations, you have to do your level five voice. And I call that the, the, Oh, what's the uh, what's the uh, friendly the kid friendly way of describing this? Uh, shall we say sweet whispers in bed voice? So it's like you're in bed <laughs> with somebody and you're yeah, trying the sweet to sweet nothings. Yeah, the sweet nothings. Yeah, there we go. Like calm yeah. and smooth. Yeah. So it's at an audible volume, but you're trying to say something only to the ears of the person right next to you. So it is a normal talking voice, but only to the microphone. And I do that on purpose. Like, wow, I actually you, do. Yeah. You can switch so quickly. Like, <laughs> so this is like, like, so it's interesting to hear that this is something that you put a lot of thought in. This was something that you built along the way. And even to a certain extent, a lot of introspection and self-reflection was required to get to this point. And I guess a lot of people sort of overlook the work that people need to put in when you want to become a good speaker or if you want to express yourself well. Yeah. Well, of course, there are a lot of talented people who are born with maybe a little bit of an edge depending on nurture and nature there is also a certain degree of work that even for you for you like that you do put in it's not something that is unattainable yeah, right exactly why why do you think this self-introspection was very important because you know when you were you went to japan when you were still studying right so this was something that you learned quite early on you know a lot of youths nowadays they don't stop to think about Am I going the right way? What are my <laughs> passions? What is my voice? What can I learn from my surroundings? Not a lot of people do that. Why do you think that this is important? Hmm, interesting question. Um, I think it's important mainly because it allows us to change our pace of thinking. Th this is extremely important mainly because despite like, it's not even about moving countries or anything like that. These are about chapters of your life. And with mm. chapters of your life come the ability to grow 1% more blank, right? Blank being improved or more empowered or mature, etc. And before you even get to that point, you have to look at yourself, look in the mirror and ask yourself, how am I doing now? How did I get here? Do I want to stay the course or 
do I want to get to somewhere else, somewhere better, somewhere with greener pastures, you know, those sorts of things, those sorts of thoughts. The ability to actually slow down, breathe, and think about these questions and slowly answer them over time, allow you to evolve not only your voice, but the intention behind your voice. That's the important part. Just because you self-introspect and think about these things all the time, but you're not applying them either to your voice or your work or your career. Like I take my voice very seriously because obviously this is what I do, right? So if if I'm... If I'm not taking it seriously, then I shouldn't be podcasting. Like I shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't be your guest. <laughs> so <laughs> the intention behind being able to change one, your impression, and then therefore your voice is key to you actually acquiring said voice that is unique to you. Like the voice that is unique to your name, whatever show that you're doing or whatever endeavor that you're doing. And I wasn't just applying this to podcasting as well. I was applying this to other things like public speaking or performing on stage or acting in plays or doing YouTube videos. Even I was trying to do level five stuff like in front of a video <laughs> or a camera or something. And then I found out it doesn't work, right? Because I'm too far away from the camera, so it didn't sound nice. Uh, but that, that's a whole other thing uh, altogether. But really, it's the intention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the why behind it, you know, the trial and error. And like introspection, you're completely right. It becomes your measure of success. Like, how do you know that you are improving? How do you know that you're increasing that 1% to that empty space of improvement that you were talking about? If you don't take the time to breathe, slow down and look back at your mistakes and where you can do better. Speaking about showing different versions of yourself, you know, you're quite open about revealing the different personalities that you have. Like, for example, you write stories under the pen name Auntie Clover oh. <laughs> for Tempered Fables. Yeah. But then you act a fool in Auntie Fool um, when you try to extract information from thought experts, the, the Auntie Fool. So there's quite a lot of you and your content being put out to the public. Where do you find the courage to put so much of yourself out there? I understand from your story previously, this was something that even you at one point of time was afraid to put your story to be measured up against others. But now it seems like you're completely transformed. Like you don't mind putting a lot of yourself, your writing. I mean, in Quora itself, you've got like 1.2 million content views. That's huge, you know? So like... How do you find that courage? How do you overcome those doubts in the beginning? Well, well, first of all, thank you for that. I didn't know how many content views I have on Quora, but <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, don't really I was like, it. wow, this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. And um, it actually probably starts off from Quora. So that's a pretty good way to segue into that. Um, I remember that I got a lot of followers from Quora from sharing a lot of stories about my life. And mainly it was centered around my time in Japan. I did an exchange there for a year and there's a lot of random shenanigans that I did. So that led to really fun stories that I can share with everybody. So people would come up to me and, sorry, they wouldn't come up to me, but they would message me or they would comment and they'll say like, oh, how do you learn Japanese? Or, oh, how was life in Tokyo? And stuff like that. And I would answer them and it would be really grateful. From that, I learned that sharing more of myself turned out to have very positive benefits for not only the ones who read my writing, but for myself as well, because it gave me another angle to do, once again, 
self-introspection. Most of the time, these stories are, you know, small, fun things to share when you're at a dinner party and you're like, yeah, you know, I was in, I was in Tokyo and I did this, blah, blah, blah. That's okay. But when you have written work published online, even if it's Quora, even if it's Medium, even if it's Facebook, even if it's your own website, people will forgive you for being vulnerable and people will accept and tolerate you for being vulnerable. There's a huge barrier there or there's a huge fear that we blanket over these benefits because we feel that by being vulnerable, we become weak. And I think that's a very societal thing. exposed. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I would rather not look at it as I am exposed to the public because there's a negative connotation to that. I would rather say that I'm open to those around me so that they know that there's nothing else to expect and that this is who I am right now. So that planted the seed for that kind of thinking. And it became firm once I started doing the podcast shows because NT Clover is a facet of my life where I hold all of my creative work in there. So that's my pen name, but that name itself is a lot more personal to me because I just associate anything creative I do under that name. I only found out just how meaningful that name was when I built Antifool, the show. Because like you said, I play the fool, I ask the questions and people get the answers. That turned out to be another character, another facet of my life where this is me talking to the person, but this isn't anti-clover. So mm. who am I between all these shows? And I sat down and I thought to myself, okay, so all of this is me and I am all of them. Who am I? And therefore I am all of them. These are all my characters. And that's how I came to realize that all of these names, all of these shows represent uh, different parts of me. Yeah, completely, completely true. Like the name... And these are names that you give yourself and they have a life of its own. Yeah. But I really like this idea that exposing, well, I wouldn't use that word exposing, like you said, putting yourself to be open to the public is something that people actually appreciate. You know, it's something that people can actually relate. And I love the fact that as you grow, you collect and keep different versions of yourself like you're completely right your body of work is not just a representation of yourself but they're also a representation of different facets of your life yeah. and a lot of people can be more than one thing so if you think that you have a full-time job and you don't have time to be a speaker or do a podcast then think again because clearly you can have different personalities also you can wear different hats if you like this podcast, then you'll love the Roma Roy podcast. Hosted by Roshan and Jeremy, this weekly local podcast is a great collection of candid conversations on a wide range of topics with a variety of guests. And what I really like about this podcast is how different the hosts are when it comes to the views that they share. So while it's a podcast with thought leaders, it's not a normal run-of-the-mill Q&A format like this one. 
but a series of insightful chats on literally anything and everything under the sun. I will link their podcast in this episode's show notes for you to check them out. And I will also have the privilege of interviewing one of their hosts very soon. So if you're a fan of their work and want to shoot some questions over, please email me at hellosicktospeak at gmail.com or DM us on our socials. But first, let's get back to Norm. You know, speaking of podcasting, I mean, you have interviewed and met so many podcasters um, because of your show, Pod Lovers Asia, which I love, <laughs> and your involvement in the Asia Podcast Summit, which was this huge event that you helped organize. You know, you're also doing a talk show, a talk soon on International Podcast Day. As a podcaster yourself and someone very familiar with the Asian podcasting scene and community, What's everybody's secret? Like, what do successful <laughs> podcasters have in common? Like, is there a s- special secret sauce? I mean, is it passion? We know it's not money. That's something <laughs> that <laughs> you've said quite clearly. So what do you think that all of these podcasters have in common? Hmm. What is the secret? I think that's the reason why I made that show in the first place. It's to find out to find out that secret. secret. Um, it's starting to become clear, um, mainly because the show was built out of a frustration that there wasn't enough coverage on Asian podcasting. Like I wanted to know about shows from Malaysia, for example. I didn't know any. I only knew the guys from Renegade Radio, but I knew there was going to be other independent podcasters across KL and maybe not even just in KL, maybe in other uh, under cities. Sorry, other cities mm. as well, or you know beyond borders maybe in indonesia or singapore or thailand or japan but i didn't know where to find them i didn't know how to start right is it in a different language i only knew english so it's going to be hard so i built the show and i was trying to figure out how despite the fragmented podcast ecosystem despite the money part of it like like what you said people are still continuing their shows so i wanted to see what was it? And the only way is through conversation, or at least that's my favorite way of trying to tap into that. And people have people have continued their shows with one interesting secret, and it is the same for each and every one of these successful shows. They have defined their metric of success before they started the show. Very, very important. If you are going to start a show because you want to make money, you will not make money until you reach a few thousand listens. Going on the way there, you will be so disappointed and sad and depressed because you have not added more into your your bank account, right? No more into your PayPal or your buy me a coffee or whatever, right? No <laughs> dollars, no ringgit or anything, okay? If you have defined your metric of success as money, you have to be prepared to cry because you won't be able to see that for a long, long time. But if you have defined your metric of success in many different ways or a different way completely, then it is worth continuing the show in the first place. So like, what's your metric of success? So I have two uh, one is the number of conversations that I can have per two weeks. So like beyond all of these shows, 
preparing for these shows include trying to book guests, right? So if mm-hmm. I can get these conversations up and these conversations, these conversations are my coffee, right? They keep me awake for like the whole day, right? Like I get fired up after a great conversation. So if I can get those and land them and I have a quota like every two weeks, then that's my metric of success. And the second one, which is coming up because I'm doing an overhaul on my website right now with all the shows putting it together, I'm doing some kind of um, like a subscription membership model uh, center on the shows that I do. That oh, wow, something to look forward to. <laughs> then that would be the next metric of success is how can I serve my 100 true fans through my conversations? And the pursuit of finding an answer to that question is my second metric of success. Oh, that's really great. It's really clear that you actually also love the process, you know, and the journey. And I love the fact that your metric of success is something that you wholly control. I think a lot of people get really disappointed if their speech or their podcast doesn't do well because their metric of success, which is usually money, is something that's completely out of their control. So when you put that success within your own power and it's up to you to make sure you have those conversations and you put in that work, you not only grow, because I know that every single conversation that you have, you get more and more enriched you become less and less of a fool. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's, that's, that's really interesting. So like, that's something that I didn't do and something that I should consider doing as well. And I think if any one of you want to, you know, start a podcast, that's probably the, your purpose, your, your why. So you have mentioned before <laughs> that one of the biggest benefits of having these shows and organizing the Asian Podcast Summit is the proximity that you have to such a varied body of people and the connections that you make from such exposure. For example, with Antifool, you interview experts from all over the world, like you said. And with the Podcast Summit, you are plugged into this huge community of podcasting hosts and producers. Does networking and connecting with people ever feel daunting to you? Because it's something that is daunting to a lot of people, even to me, even cold callings or sending emails is something that's really nerve-wracking so how do you how do you make networking something very approachable for you by not ever using the word networking that's step one (laughs) so for first of all i hate networking like networking sounds so corporate like yeah it's like like it sounds like there's like a business manual behind it like eh, this is just step one if how do you how do you network uh business networking events (laughs) oh i hate that so much i hated it um lots and lots of conferences where i go in where it's a lot of cookie cutter conversations and then you find out that they're doing this and then it's like very typical right and then you have this process after where you look through like what like 50 different name cards and you have to like email them proper yeah. within the next 24 hours it's so stupid i hate networking um yeah oh my gosh even <laughs> hearing that i'm like oh yeah that's why i hate it so yeah. much but you connect with people so well so like if not to the normal mode of exchanging business cards how do you approach your your connection i don't want to use the n yeah. word so. um no connect is probably the best way uh to do it i think this is circling back to the 
the amount of vulnerability I'm willing to share with people. I'm not saying like full on share all my secrets out to the world, like, oh, when I was young, oh, whatever. I, I mean, in these events where you know that there's going to be amazing people to talk to, doesn't matter if it's business, doesn't matter what field, right? You know that there's going to be amazing people to talk to. And you know that this is a chance for you to say hi and say, what are you working on? And say, what's been exciting you lately? Like it's an acceptable environment for you to actually go up to someone and say hi and say, what are you working on? As opposed to if I were to try networking at like a Starbucks in KL, right? It's kind of <laughs> awkward, right? Like it, it'll be kind of off, right? But since this is an acceptable environment, people are most likely to want to say something or talk to you or they don't mind that you're talking to them. So I come in with the intention of being the big elephant in the room, the loud mouth, loud laughing, <laughs> wide smiling, whoa, right? Like the idiot, like the fool, right? So I come in with the character, the fool, for every moment that I'm going to meet people. The reason why is because I want to be the dumbest person in the room and humble myself down to a position where I can ask more questions to the person I'm going to be talking with than them asking questions about me. The secret is that when you are connecting with someone, asking the right questions will lead to them talking more about themselves. And people love talking more about themselves, especially in a conversation where you don't know each other. When you don't know each other, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you feel much more comfortable if you're talking more about yourself. Way more comfortable. All you have to do, you go up to someone, you say, hey, nice to meet you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Norman. What's your name? And you get their name. Remember that name. Memorize that name. Because if they hear their own name, it is magic. Okay? So when you are speaking to them, you say, oh, hi, that's nice, nice to know. What are you working on? What's, what's been exciting you lately? Right? Oh my gosh. Right? The effect is immediate. You said my name and even I'm like, wow. Yeah. So if I didn't say your name, it's expected. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah, so what are you working on? What are you excited about? Like, but if I say it with love, with warmth, with friendliness, oh my God, I, what are you working on? Oh my God, right? Like, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's the energy, the excitement. And as someone who can bring that into a new conversation, people's guards will go down and that's when you can connect. My intention between, like, behind talking to anyone in a convention or event or whatever is to be friends with them, to tell them my name, get their name, find out what they're interested in, find out what's been exciting them, and then remember them that way. Gracefully enter their circle, gracefully exit their circle so that I can talk to other people as well. I believe uh, there's a word for this, like a social butterfly. I think that's the word, the term to describe it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. that's basically the the main crux behind how I talk to people in many different forms. So the podcasting summit, everybody has something in common. If you're there, you're there to talk about podcasting. I don't even need to talk about like what's been exciting you lately because that's more like a probing question to figure out what mm. they're interested in. But if you're there, you're going to talk about podcasting. So it's pretty simple, right? If I just like yeah. go in and start talking about podcasting, they're okay. So that's one example. That's really great to change that perspective of like changing an exercise that is like, you know, networking into like an exercise of finding friends. Yeah. 
You know, if you go in with an open mind wanting to build connections rather than to get something like, in, you know, get something out of a transaction, yep. then I think you just naturally start naming that person, start generally asking what they like, um, what podcasts they like to listen yep. to, and it becomes authentic. And that's when you gracefully exit, enter and exit. And I, I really like that advice of, you know, mentioning your name because it's so simple. And literally you did that in the conversation and it made me feel so special. Yeah. So I can't imagine <laughs> in real life if I met someone and like immediately they remember my name. It's such an incredible feeling because that's how you identify yourself to other people. Even with you, you identify a whole different personality with the names that you put onto your the different versions of yourself in the show. So that's a really interesting takeaway. And another, another note on that, actually, now that I realize this, there's a theory that I'm testing with that. And sadly, we can't because we're not, you know, it, it's COVID, so we don't really go out that much. But when you're remembering or when you're mentioning someone's name as you meet them, remember the tone in which you mentioned their name. Because I have a feeling when you're establishing your first impression in their heads, the way that they say your name dictates your impression of them. So if I said your name in a very monotone, normal way, I'm, instead of I'm, right? You will remember that friendly tone that I added to your name. Since our names are magic to our ears, the way that they're, they are articulate to us also adds to that amazing, increasing, positive impression. So... Yeah, yeah, the voice behind that also Absolutely. very important. <laughs> the yeah, 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 the the sweet nothing voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I completely associated um, the warm fuzzy feeling to the tone that you use, and this goes back to voice as well, yeah. and why you're such a master at what you do because everything that you do is with intention, yeah. um, not just with your shows, with connecting with people, and it's so apparent with the work that you do. So what's next for you? How can people find and find you and connect with you? You said you were overhauling your website. What's in the pipeline for you? Uh, so I'm not sure when this episode is coming out, but let's just say a couple of weeks from now. Let's say October, <laughs> right? So yes. uh, October, um, I am overhauling my website, which is called thatsthenorm.com. You can find all of my shows right there, as well as my articles, fiction stories, and I'm bringing some of my core answers there as well. Uh, I'm mostly active on Twitter at Norman Chella. So you can find me there if you want to contact me or message me about anything and email as well. But I'm mostly in those two places. And the what I'm working on right now really is to overhaul that website and to grow it into something that's becoming a subscription model because I am trying to do, or rather I would, I'm trying to involve myself more in the creator's economy and uh, for Destinorm.com, there's actually another show that I'm working on right now that's active. And that show is larger than all of my shows up until now combined. Which, yeah. Oh my God, I can't so wait. It's actually out right now, but it's more active on Twitter. So that's why, and, and like, I, th I guess you've been looking at my websites and stuff. You won't see it. Is it Rome FM? Yeah, it's Rome FM. Yeah, it's Rome FM. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's been the single greatest largest podcast I've ever done so far and it's only a few episodes so yeah yeah and that's like a legacy podcast as well yeah. right 
Uh, so I will be sure to include all of these links in the show notes so that everybody can easily connect with you. And I can't wait for you to build that subscription or membership or community model so that more people can be more involved with you. Uh, and to end this episode, I always ask my guests this. So Norm, why do you seek to speak? I seek to find a place in this world for all the characters that make up my character or all the characters that make up my whole self because that is the pursuit of life which I am willing to put my life down for so yeah wow <laughs> even at the end you are so sure of yourself that's really amazing <laughs> no it's really great because so little people find so much courage and confidence with who they are and and what they will be yeah. so it's it's really great to hear that quality from you and it has been such an amazing conversation thank you so so much norm Thanks for listening to the end, guys. I just wanted to say a few things about what's coming up for this show. Firstly, we just launched our Speaking Snacks series. They are a short collection of public speaking tips and tricks. So check it out. We've just done our first episode. And if there's any topic you want us to cover, please let us know. And secondly, next weekend on the 10th of October is World Mental Health Day. And I'm all about normalizing conversations on mental health health because I think it's something that we don't do enough of so what we're going to be doing is we're going to seek to speak about mental health so if any one of you would like to contribute to this episode because we are collecting conversations from everyday Malaysians on their mental health issues or their experience with mental health or even their understanding of mental health please email me at hello to speak at gmail.com everyone that we have taken conversations from have given it anonymously and we will not be giving identities of those on the show simply because I guess it doesn't really matter who they are it's what they feel and also it creates a safe space for everybody to share their views without feeling like they are being judged much later when the episode comes out so if you're interested in doing this we have like uh, so far so many different types of people people in their 20s people in their 30s and even children from the age of 10 to 15 it's just a big episode that i'm currently working on with my husband ikram that i'm really excited to share with you next week so please 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 if you want to be part of that quickly email me or if you want to do it anonymously also just send in your voice notes i will be sure to include it in the episode thank you guys and i will talk to you soon Thank <laughs> you.